All right, let's go. Well, Tim, I think we have to talk about the Blue Jays, the way uh, this Sunday morning um, they've won two straight. And you know what? They're not really hitting the way they can hit. No, I, they're almost like the. They're almost going to be like the Leafs. They're just going to overpower you <laughs> offensively. I mean, what was the first game? Eight was it? Ten eight or something like that. It was seven nothing, and I hung tough at seven nothing. They were losing. The first guy up, first guy up hits a home run off the guy. That's what I threw him off. That's what threw the guy off, uh, Barris. And well, the hot, you know, uh, the hot dog's not bad. Well, I guess it's easy for well, me. Yeah, they were I'm not paying for it. 19 bucks for a hot dog and a beer. Yeah, 19, 20 bucks for a hot dog. But don't, it's just, don't get me started, Dad, on the Dome's food and stuff yeah. like that. Don't. It's a real <laughs> sore point with me. When I go down to the U.S. and see what is offered down there and what they do up here. So. Well, I think they're trying, though. They're, they, they um, it did, well, it, uh, anyway, but don't get me started on it. All right, I won't. Um they have a big screen down there. Yeah, and that's they, something. It they, looks they, good. Holy, what a size. But the big. funny thing is that we talked about it once before. The turf is still kind of funny, though. Isn't yeah. It? If I if I could do one thing, and I think the players would appreciate the best, the most, is that uh, if they could do something, but the, the cement underneath there, eh? Yeah, they, you, like they talked about trying to get real grass in there. But they'd have to, you know what they said the big issue is? Was that they'd have to keep it heated all the time. Oh yeah, right. I didn't know that. You know, so they'd have to have the dome closed and all that, but and then they have to dig up the cement. But it's funny, like we walked on it a couple of times. It's, oh, I walked on it with funny. Hazel May. It, it, it is, it's nothing like grass. It's, it's like it, it, it's, it's not like grass at all. And those players don't complain. No, and they keep and they die for balls and. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Do you think they? Do you think players know that it's a hard surface and they, you know, change That's it a up good a question. bit? It's it's a little bit spongy though. Like it's yeah, it's it not it's crunch. not it's crunchy, but it's not like hard hard. Like yeah. you could feel it has a bit of a give to Does it. But still, okay. it would burn. Yeah, you get you get like a you get like a, a burn, burn or something on it. So I would think that the players don't. Don't I, you think they note that? But it's you know so, what? The the fans would never know. No. They would never know, and and they do give away, but they do give away uh, bobbleheads and then caps and stuff like that. So hard to believe though. That's the first time that they've had a home opener. What in two years or three oh, years? So sad. They had fifty thousand people, forty five thousand people, yeah. because they have five thousand people, or where they had five thousand people before they they filled in with the screen and and seats and things like that. So according to spreads, our buddies spreads.ca. Only the Dodgers are favored more to win the World Series. Yeah, yeah. So they're so they're the, wow. so the Dodgers are favored. Then it's the Jays. Uh, they're a nine to one favorite, and then of course, so that would mean they're favored to win the American League. Um, and then the Astros and Yankees are right behind, and then uh, the Jays are favored to win not by much over the Yankees, uh, the American no, I, American League East. I'll tell you one thing, boy. They haven't started to hit yet. Wait till they start to hit, and then they're going to hit their stride. They haven't hit their stride yet. Well, I'm glad. I'm kind of. I hope they do well because Toronto's taken such a hard hit, you know, for COVID. Like oh. uh, everything's closed, so you you hope the Leafs go deep in the playoffs for the bars and the restaurants, you know, and you hope the Jays yes. do well. You know, well, our you, restaurants too. I think the restaurants, like you said, they uh, need it. They need. They need. They need help. 
so dad let's talk about the uh, one of our favorite tournaments we used to go to the ohl cup and this year the mississauga senators won and uh just for people that don't know what the ohl cup is it's all the minor midget or under 16 they call now uh teams that are in ontario the best teams about 20 of them and they come down they play a tournament and it's kind of the last chance for all the gms and scouts and owners to come down and look at the kids that they're going to draft in the ohl draft this year and you had you were really big in getting it televised for a while (laughs) by my my big mouth that i said to scott moore i said you know you should televise that game i said that is an important game and he says okay i'll do it and you and ron will run it Uh, (laughs) i said yeah you're bloody well right i will and um, you not only did that, and then you also went down on the ice to give away the trophies. Yeah, and it was, it was, it just- was big. Da- so I remember Scott and I standing at the. Well, because what happened was normally it was just the, the final was at uh, Scotia Pond down in yeah, a small little- rink, but they decided to do it at the Madame Center, yeah, which one. is the old Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens where the Ryerson Rams play. And it, yeah. And boy, Cindy, did they do a good job on that rink. Didn't they, though? Oh, it's so beautiful. You know, it's really worth the, the trip to go down there. Yeah, I yeah, mean, to see the, to look up and know that that was the actual ceiling of the tr- old Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens. And I often wondered what they did with all those old nostalgia pictures at the gardens and they're all there and I just walked the halls and uh, just just took it all in it can really I, is a nostalgic uh, trip can I tell you a story that I was standing uh, by myself uh, I know and I'm you know waiting for the OHL cup to start and uh, before that Scott Moore come in and and he was standing with me and he says there is there there's not a soul here there's not a soul there was a one person. I said, what if nobody shows up? So he left and then another guy came in, a young guy. And I said, gee, I said, you, you've done a wonderful job here. I just, he says, I, he says, I'm the son of the uh, owner or something. And I said, you've done a wonderful job cleaning up. And he says, yeah, we had an awful time with the ceiling. I'm thinking, what the heck? Are you I had time with the ceiling. And what they did was they steamed all the, all the, all the ceiling and all of, and the next day there was brown stuff all over the seats and everything. And, and you know what it was? It was a nicotine. The people had been smoking since uh, 1939. <laughs> Can you imagine the smoke that was in there? Oh. All the good old days when you could smoke and watch yeah. a hockey game and drink and all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember Ron and I doing that game, and that that was um, and and it ended up it was packed. Right. Yeah, you know what? You were really, really getting a good following there. Yeah, you know, re- you were people where it was more than just the parents and the grandparents. It was a, it's really was entertaining hockey oh, and and two good games too. Absolutely, right. right. The last game that we did was uh, Shane Wright with Don Mills, and I think it was the Red yeah. Wings with Adam Finelli, and they might go. Wright will go number one this year, and Finelli will could go number I, one next year. I remember. Um, I remember uh, Wright had a bad back too, and he kept playing. Yeah. So this, like, this is how big this tournament is. If you play, if you play in the National Hockey League now, and you played in Ontario, chances are you played in that tournament. Yeah, you know, and you know, just some guys that have played in it. It's like you know, Seagan, Corey Perry, Shane Wright will go number one this year. Profetti, Toffoli, Monahan, Boone Jenner, Strom, Konechny, Sam Bennett, um, Connor McDavid, Darnell Nurse, Max Domi, Marner. Uh, it just it just goes on, you know, Drew Doughty. It just goes on and on and on. Yeah. 
and it gets zero like out now that you're and Ron aren't doing it. Oh. It gets zero, zero yeah. coverage. It's, it's so just sad. It's, un- it's just unbelievable. It's so sad that that Canadian sports uh, radio and and TV doesn't promote itself in hockey. It's just and, a and shame. They, and they do pretty good, Sydney. And and uh, you're right. They, they did pretty good on television well, you, too. Yeah, it's a, they started getting a bit of a following. Like, they you, really like you have did. to, you have to, you you have to like nurture that for a while. Like you're going to have to do it yeah. five, six, seven years before, before it catches on. They but did. Let's face it, Tim. Can I say something? That's the way the the prospect game started. When you started the prospect game, right? It had no following. Nobody knew what it was. The prospect game. And I didn't look know at what it, it was. But we didn't know. I don't. I don't the know. The first what it one was. was at the gardens. It was at the gardens, and there was nobody there. It was family so, and friends. So much so. If you look at the original picture, Dell and I, Dell was four or five years old. We were sitting behind the bench. That's when I could get a good seat because it was just as filler. And now you look at it, it's a big marketing tool for all the big, you know, uh, pro sponsors and a big money maker. Yeah, you have to have it feel it. Yeah, you, you got it's a money maker for, you know, but you, but, you, but, but you have to but you have to you, you have to keep at it. Yeah. And you know, like I like Cindy and I, we went to school in the US. I went to high school in Denver, we used to get 10,000 people at our football games on a Friday night, 10,000. And we used to have every sports, every station was out there doing live hits and treating it with respect, not being, you know, you know, patronizing it the way they do up here. And, you know, we used to get, we used to get like a thousand people at, uh, at the baseball games. Um, you used to get hundreds and hundreds of people at the lacrosse games and you just in Canada, it's minor sports is just dead. They just don't do anything. They don't. They'll be talking about this uh, new guy coming along here now from Oakville, Mike Misa. T- Tim, tell us about him. He got twenty points. Yeah, he broke. He broke Connor McDavid's record. He Connor McDavid had nineteen points in the OHL Cup, and Mike Misa from Oakville had just. He had twenty. He had five points in the final game. And he's looking for special status to, to go with the OHL. Right, so he's he's younger, and uh, so he's he's gone. He's applied for special exemption. Yeah, he's good size, and and if he doesn't get a special exemption, a lot of them go down to USL uh, games. Eh? Yeah, the USHL. Like uh, Jack Hughes did that. Like he wanted the special exemption. Um, it's not the OHL that does it, or the who, who is it. It's Hockey Canada and oh, then the governing body. Of- See, I always thought it was the WHL or the OHL that yeah. made those decisions. And for years and years, I couldn't understand why they were so strict about it. Because you think it would only help the OHL in promoting these really superstars coming up. Right. But then you find out it's not, they can't even make. They weren't even making the call. Final decision, no. Well, no talking- why wouldn't you want to see this, uh, this Misa? Right. And it's like that Adam Adam Finelli who who he he applied for special exemption the same time that Shane Wright did, and there was questions whether he, who was going to go first, Shane Wright or Adam Finelli, when when they if if he got special exemption, because he's a bit bigger and you, and you really liked him. You thought he, uh, I, I thought I really liked him. He was my favorite uh, player after Shane Wright. And, and, and uh, they didn't give it to him, so he went down and he's playing in. Ch- and who can? And, and he is good. Him. Yeah, he went down and played in the USHL. Now he's probably going to go play college. And I just don't understand why. Why, there, why there's just such this pushback? I mean, if if they're big enough, if they're a little wee guy, I can understand. But um, most of these guys are a pretty good size. It should be up to the. It should be up to the parents, yeah. right? Like the the parents well, say, "I want my kid to play." 
There's a guy from London that uh, Tim that that you really like too. And what's his name? Orion Rubric, and you know he's 15 years old. He's six foot 180. So like, if his parents say, "Yeah, I want him to play in the OHL," and the OHL says, "Yeah, he's good enough to play," why would Hockey Canada and the Ontario Hockey Federation say, "Mm, "No, I don't think so"? Yeah, you know, and if if you look at the games, and I do look at the games. Uh, there's a lot of empty rinks. There's about three or four teams that are making money, and the rest of the guys are the owners. Be, they're in it because they love the game. Right, and you would think that these kids who are prospects that are going to make the National Hockey League would, would be draw. a draw. Yeah, I don't understand it. Tim, don't forget, we got to mention a guy named Malcolm Spence. He was GTHL. Player of the year, which means a lot. Right. So he'll probably go be one of the top picks this year. And then you'll be and, hearing and about these kids in about three years. They'll say, gee, I, I think I heard about these well, kids. Well, yeah, Mike Misa, Malcolm Spence. You know, I, I heard about those guys somewhere. And you, you know where you heard it? By the way, Tim, I know you don't like to brag. I know you're one of those guys that don't like to brag. But you told me something the other day about this show. Yeah, yeah we, we're zeroing in on 4 million downloads. Wow. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand the TV the way you understand it. So you better explain that. Well, I, podcast means 4,000 people have listened to it. And and we have some uh, other people that are in podcasts. We won't mention their name, but what do they got? Yeah, well, the one I was surprised that a couple of bigger names, they're at like 15,000 or 20,000, and they do it every day. And we do 3 million. They do it every day. We're doing four. We're coming down on four. And again, you want to know, like, it's really weird. Like, well, we were picked the best yeah. in 1920. Now we're, we're popping up because we, on our, our host, we were on Podbean, which is the host, and then it gives us all our stats because when people download it, you, they can tell. So it's Canada, U.S., England are our top. Our fourth one now is Hungary. Wow. Hungary? Hungary is our fourth largest country downloading. Well, we must talk about Hungary. (laughs) I don't understand that that one. It must be... Yeah, you just wonder if it's like military, like if there's some soldiers are there now or something like that. I don't understand that one. So, Dad, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Spreads.ca. They're a Canadian-owned online casino and Canadian-owned. Yeah, remember big, that? we yeah. got to say that, Tim. They're, and Boy, there's a lot out there now. That it is. Holy, so, on TV. We, they, they've been doing it forever. So, like, why come with there, all the I Johnny come lately? Again, <laughs> again, I'm repeating myself. But, again, I don't understand why anybody would want to bet if they're not Canadian. Right. Why not support a Canadian a company? So they're an online sports book and casino, and if you sign up now and use the promo grapes, they'll match your deposit up to five hundred bucks. You get ten spins on the big wheel, and if you get three of your jackets, you win some big dough. And then their first sports book, they'll spot you twenty five bucks, and you're every once in a while you go out and give your opinion on who's gonna win. And you're, I think you're like fourteen and three now. Holy. You pick Montreal. Uh, or you took Toronto, and you said it was going to be close when it was, and then you you took the prop bet. You said Matthews was going to score for sure, and I think uh, you got a goal last night. So you, uh, <laughs> two. You, you're, two. you're doing yeah, you picked you, you picked pretty too. But boy, that Matthews, he's just on a roll. Like you can't I, believe. You know, I can't believe a guy that shoots the puck the way and uh, it, yeah, he's it, off balance a lot. all the time. He seems as if off balance all the time. Like that, I think the second goal last night, he was on one foot. But and and leaning the and leaning, leaning the, one the wrong way, way. And, and leaning the wrong way and then putting it the opposite side and yeah. you look and you go 
Boy, like, that was the way he puts it in. He, it, the one was a tap in, and but the the second one, he he, he you know, this is you know, we keep saying this all the time, and I'm going to keep repeating it. We'll see in the playoffs if it's <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. The, the, it just doesn't matter. It was like that Bill Murray movie. He says it just doesn't matter if he goes and, and leaves her out. One, two, three, four. And they only got one goal last year between him and Marner. Yeah. And uh, if they go out, and and everybody's waiting for the playoffs, and I'm waiting. But I, but as of now, boy, he can sure f- fire that puck. And I guess next week I'll give my uh, the awards. Okay. I don't like to, I don't like to give the award because him. And the McDavid boy, I mean, you, how, how are you going to pick between those two guys? Yeah, and funny, last night, this is Sunday morning, so last night they lost to Colorado, but they outshot Colorado 50 to 30 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, all, all they needed was that Flurry. You know, Flurry doing pretty good in the wild, too. And yeah. you know, that Bill Guerin, he, uh, he's a GM. And boy, are the wild tough now. Like they had four and fights. And they are tough. And do they, tr- and when they play, you know, it, them and Smashville. When they yeah, boy, I like to see I like to see Colorado and Minnesota in oh, the playoffs be a, that'll because be that'll a be a war. Boy, McDavid was pretty good last night too. You know, we were just talking the other day that about the playoffs, and we we're just saying, you know, it, you know, everybody's going crazy with Matthews, and well, they should. You know, we look back at that two years Dougie Gilmore played for the Leafs in the playoffs. Dougie Gilmore, just, boy, it was unbelievable. So in the 93 playoffs, he had 35 points in 21 games, and then the next year he had 28 points in 18 games. Yeah, and um, as, and boy, he, he was something. He had 127 points in, in uh, 92. I'm just repeating what you said. Um, 127 points in 92, 93, 111 points in 93, and he was the best hockey player uh, in, the, in the world. There was nobody, and he used to hit – uh, not fight, but he used to hit. Remember, remember he hit McSorley at center ice there that time. Well, McSorley hit him. Well, well, McSorley, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, and then, then he cut it along the and blue then, line. Um, um, him and Wendell, what a fight that was! Oh yeah, and then Wendell dropped the gloves with uh, with uh, McSorley. Boy, that was that was a dandy. And he very rarely uh, lost a draw. Yeah, and he and you know you know, he, he, I think I think um, Pat Quinn was the guy that told Ron this one, or I don't know, he told somebody. When you take a draw, you you got to have confidence. you you, you got to be the... Like you're the guy. You're the guy. You're the guy that the, the coach sends out. And um, you're the guy that always wins. And, and if you do lose, it's by accident. And Quinn knew that when he lost Dougie Gilmore is when he sent out Sundin to take a draw. And, uh, well, he wasn't the guy anymore. He wasn't the guy anymore. He lost his confidence. And he said, or he looked at Quinn as if to say, how could you do this to me? You know, like that. And uh, and um, it's kind of sad when you think of it. But he was, boy, boy, for two years, he was the best hockey player in the and world. he scored a Stanley Cup winning goal in Calgary. And he used to shake my hand all the time. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I was coming late. I don't know why I was coming late. And... Um, and and get in here fast, quick! Get in here fast, Dougie Gilmore's been paced the hall. You shake your hand, you know. I I thought it was sort of a gimmick, you know. And by golly, he he really believed in it, and he got the goal. He got the winning goal that day for the Stanley Cup. Didn't right? and, didn't you coach his brother in? Uh, well, no, his brother come over, Davey, come over, and um, you in know, Rochester. Yeah, and boy, was, he was a good skater. Right? Oh, he he could fast. He could skate better than Dougie. 
he really could he could fly uh, but he he'd come over halfway through and we were in sh- great shape and I really I used to work my players in Rochester and in Boston harder than anybody else and I remember he was being sick and all that stuff but he was a good little skater well Tim 105 years ago the Vimy Ridge uh, that as far as I'm concerned made Canada and if you've I've read about 50 stories on it and um, so it was a, a major battle in uh, World War One, and 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 nobody could take it. The French couldn't take it. The English couldn't take it. Nobody could take it. Well, the French lost a hundred thousand men. Lost a hundred thousand men trying to take this. It was ridge. a ridge, and you and I visited it. Yeah. Uh, how many years ago? A long time ago, and to stand on the edge of it, like you can, you could see forever. You yeah. could see right to the coast, and that's that, where the Germans were. Yeah, and they were they were on top. And it it ruled the whole, the whole plateau, valley. I guess, yeah. of the valley. There's Sir Hugh Curry. He was a general. She said, "I'm going to do it my way," and he wouldn't he wouldn't attack till he was ready. And he had the, what they call that a creeping creeping barrage. Creeping barrage. They were the the artillery was just ahead of the the soldiers, but they still lost an awful lot of men. Yeah, they lost uh, the Canadians lost uh, about ten thousand. 10,000 soldiers, which oh, isn't in a, one battle. One battle, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah and yeah. when we went there, one of the interesting things was was your your uh, grandfather, I guess, was there, right? Grandfather, my grandfather was there at Vimy Ridge and uh, and uh, Sergeant Thomas William McKenzie. Well, grandfather, Paula Mountain, was there. And um, Sergeant Thomas William McKenzie was killed in the First World War. But, the, but the, just was to say was the interesting thing was that when we went there, that the the Canadians and the British they dug tunnels. Tunneled, yeah. And what they would do, they didn't want to let the Germans know that there was this big battle coming. And at night they would bring all the soldiers up and they would hide in these tunnels. And they'd have to stay in these tunnels. They said for like a week or two. Yeah. And they could only kind of come out at night for just a breath of air, but they couldn't smoke or anything. He said your grandfather stood says, right where you stood. Yeah, he says your grandfather was in this tunnel, and this is where he was. Yeah, he stood right there, and he said there's the entrance to the tunnel right there. So uh, that was 105 years. But I, I, I told this story once before, but I'll, I'll tell it again. It was funny. So we were at this. Uh, we went to Vimy Ridge, and the strange thing was there was nobody there. Like, what? they didn't close you know, it. It was, Cindy, it was hard to believe. There wasn't a soul there. So, but we were there, and there was like we were shooting a a, a thing for CBC, a, a show for CBC, when there was nobody there. So we had a, a, a just a funny story was we had a, a they call him a fixer. So basically, he was a driver that kind of was from France, and he drove us around. He was English, but he was he living in France. So he kept saying to he kept saying to me, he says he goes out because I really don't know who your dad is. And uh, when we went and checked into the hotel in France, in Calais, the, the, the guy behind the desk says, oh, Mr. Cherry, we really like your music. Oh. <laughs> he thought you were Don Cherry, the black <laughs> trumpet player. The jazz guy. <laughs> the, yeah. the trumpet player. So he goes, what's your dad do? I says, oh, he's a commentator on hockey. He says, oh, you know, Canadians really love their hockey. Yeah, he goes, uh, so just as we were leaving, two buses pulled up, right? And the people got out, and they were all Canadian. So they saw you, and you were all dressed up. So it was like you, we spent like another half hour, 45 minutes, you taking pictures. And the guy goes, boy, your dad's really popular. And I go, yeah. He goes, so what does he do again? I says, well, I, you know, he talks on Saturday night. He talks. He goes, well, he's only on once a night. I go, yeah. And he goes, well, what's he do? I says, well, he talks. He says, well, like, like, you know, what does he do? And I says, well, he talks for seven minutes. He goes, so 
He goes, your dad's on once a week for seven minutes, and he's this popular. I go, yeah. He goes, wow, it must be some seven minutes. Oh, yes. I was famous back in those days. (laughs) Yeah, but Vimy Ridge, if you're ever over in France, now that people are going to travel again, and you're Canadian, you should go see it because it is it is absolutely you you won't appreciate what they had to go through until you yeah. until you were there. Boy, and it has every name that that it was killed. Right, yeah, it's yeah. all engraved. It's on the it's on the thing. And three Canadians won the Victoria Cross for that. And boy, I'll tell you, they should have. Some we got an email, and they wanted to know if you ever played against Lloyd Bingo, Bingo Erst. I remember the name, you know, you asked me that before, and uh, I remember the name Bingo. And I, I remember he played for Springfield. I felt so sorry for him. I think I played for Hershey at the time. Yeah, little did everybody you know. Played, everybody was sorry that it, see these poor guys playing for sure. I mean, it was Devil's Island, believe me. <laughs> little did I know I was going to end up there in a couple of years. But I remember that uh, he was up and down, and he was a, he was, he was a hitter, boy. He could hit. But uh, he didn't play, or he didn't skate, uh, short style. Right, but, and then he uh, went to Three Rivers, so you kind of, you followed in his footsteps. <laughs> Little did I know I would follow in his footsteps. Three Rivers Lions, I think we went right. to. Yeah, yeah, Three Rivers Lions. And, and little did I know, but Bingo, I remember the name Bingo, and his name was, the re- reason they called it Bingo was because he could really hit. You know, Dad, it's just hard to believe that four years ago, we had that tragic accident in hockey with the Humboldt Broncos. Yeah, and uh, I never, and, well, I'll never forget it. And um, and I know that Logan Boulay is one of your favorites, and he was in he was in the accident. Well, he was, and uh, I met his parents. We were doing a promotion for organ transplant with the WHL, and his parents got very involved in it. And uh, because what we were trying to explain was Logan Boulay, he donated uh, he donated his, a lot of his uh, organs after that tragic accident and saved about seven or eight people's lives through it. And because when he was 18 years old, he told his parents he signed his donor card and this is what he wananted to do and he was inspired I think his coach I think, by yeah his he was inspired by his uh, a minor league coach that he had and uh, that this is why he was doing it and so uh, his parents are very involved with organ donation with the kidney foundation and they started even their own uh, foundation to promote organ donation in Canada so you know something you know hard to believe something good might come, might have come out a little bit of such a tragedy of Canada. Yeah, it was a tragedy. Yeah. And the one thing that I you know that I I remember about that is everybody putting their sticks out on the porch. Yeah. Because one uh, one guy uh, one I think he was from out west said he goes uh, I'm going to put some sticks out on the porch for to for the boys cuz they'll want to play street hockey. And then it all took off. Yeah, and, it, you know, and it was kind of neat that it wasn't like the government or a, a foundation say, oh, we're going to do this. Right. It was just one guy put it yeah. on the Facebook. And then, I, like, I put everybody that I knew, like, everybody. Had, I had the sticks out on the porch to remember them. And I just think that shows just the grassroots level of what hockey. How, how hockey, hockey means to Canada. And, uh, Ron, but you, you and Ron went there, eh? You went yeah, we went hospital. to the hospital and... Uh, and it was sad. it was sad being at the hospital. All these young boys, uh, they all had their hair uh, dyed blonde, because you know that's what they do in the playoffs. You'll see it in the playoffs. It was sad, and uh, and Ron Ron was Ron McLean was just absolutely fantastic at the place. He's a lot better at that kind of stuff. Than no, you. he was. I was. I was just there, and um, 
Ron was really great. And I remember he was talking to one family and I said, you know, Ron, you're not a priest. I just never forgot that, that, that time I was at that hospital and um, God loved them all.